All right. Uh, so be- because because I have many jobs. Uh, yep. I guess I have to start with the intro first, don't I? You do. Uh, welcome back to Entropy Rising. Entropy. Uh, Entropy. Rising. Entry <laughs> uh, Rising is brought to you by KFC. Come get a slammer jammer. What what are those things called now? Triple plays. <laughs> I don't see commercials anymore, so I, I'm gonna have to make up. <laughs> I'm gonna make up fake products for a real company. Slammer jammer. They they had like that. It's like a triple play or something. <laughs> We don't bone the chicken. The chicken bones you. What's the... <laughs> I mean... Yeah, that's exactly right. Yeah. It's still finger-licking good. <laughs> uh, delightful. Uh, before we get started, uh, guess what it's time for? Gaming! All right, let's game. Four! Okay. Oh. Yeah, that's what we're doing. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> Death? <laughs> so uh, I was thinking. I was told that I'm responsible for these now that I'm running the campaign. True, yeah, we, you were we told that. Mistake. So yeah, this is season B of Gaming or Death. Season B. <laughs> I'm gonna put lots of lines and bold text on the B. Um, <laughs> you know what the best part of this is? This TJ is can't part? lose. Well, yeah, like, I'm sure that's the best part. Un- Unless they're stupid or false on so accident. Much, it's going <laughs> it, to be so much easier to pick. Because it'll be like, what did TJ say? I'm going to not choose that. But now I don't have it anymore. My percentage uh, is going to go way down. This is where gaming or death has, like, it's being moved from the the, the prime time slot to the 3 a.m. <laughs> slot. Right. On a, on a different network. <laughs> It's what it's not what comes on after Saturday Night Live, but it's, uh, it's what comes after the show that comes after Saturday Night Live. <laughs> <laughs> if you switch to UPN, <laughs> yes, exactly. Right. It's after that rerun of American. I'm, I'm I'm ready for it, TJ. Is it hosted by Montel Williams? No, Montel Jordan. <laughs> <laughs> this is how we do it. <laughs> <laughs> All right, fiction. Oh. So, this one is Earthbound-themed. Oh, goodness. Jeez. But only tangentially. Number one. In Earthbound, pizza can be delivered to you and used to recover HP. Pizza has provided bonuses as far back as Pac-Man. Number two. (laughs) Ness's primary weapon is a baseball bat. In RBI Baseball... Jose Canseco and Mark McGuire can only be played if you choose the AL All-Stars. And number three. Mr. Saturn is the name of a species that helps the party time travel. In Ocarina of Time, two Ocarina songs can be learned that control time. Oh, I didn't decide. Uh, okay, I got to randomly do an order. Hold on a second. Because <laughs> I don't know who's supposed say, to go I first. I didn't which one was right. Random numbers. All right. So Paul will go first, then Matt, then Steve this time. That doesn't feel random at all. <laughs> it all right. Paul it's... automatically loses. That, is, <laughs> that feels about right. Yeah. That... Oh my goodness. I'm happy to reread any you would like. 
I so, would like them reread without the Earthbound connection. Just read me the things I'm supposed to guess on. Okay. Yeah, that's a problem. Mm-hmm. Uh, da, 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 da. Okay, here's here's the first one. Pizza has provided bonuses as far back as Pac-Man. Number two. In RBI Baseball, Jose Canseco and Mark McGuire can only be played if you choose the AL All-Stars. Number three. In Ocarina of Time, two Ocarina songs can be learned that control time. Okay. Well, part of the problem here Hold is on. that... Did he establish oh. that any of these are true? He didn't say anything about that. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I'm waiting for the, like, gotcha moment where, like, they're all false. <laughs> no, I said, I very specifically said, I recognize that it's only, it'll, I'll, call, I'll have a problem because I'll have made two false instead of one. So the idea is that at least in this one, one is false and two are true. Okay. Wow. So here's the thing. I have no idea on the RBI baseball thing. None whatsoever. I don't think I've played RBI baseball more than a handful of times ever. Do, 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 do. So, like, that one, who knows? I have no idea. I want to say the Ocarina thing is true, but I... uh, Pizza and Pac-Man. Was there pizza and Pac-Man? I'm going to say the Pac-Man one is the false one. I don't remember there being pizza slices. All right. Matt. Uh, I guess we're going to go down together, but I'm saying the same thing. I can't picture pizza and Pac-Man unless you're saying that the big dot is supposed to be a pizza, which I call bullshit. (laughs) 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 But yeah, I I don't know timeline as far as would Mark McGuire and Jose Canseco play at the same time to be an RBI baseball, but sure, I'll go with it and the Ocarina thing sounds like there's probably two. So, yep, pizza. Uh, well, cue the the guys playing the violins on the deck of the t- Titanic because I never played RBI baseball and I never played Ocarina, but I also never remember seeing pizza in Pac-Man, so I'm going to go with A as well. Oh, man. All right. So let's start with Ocarina of Time. So in The Legend of Zelda Ocarina of Time, you can learn lots of different Ocarina songs, and they do different things. Importantly, there is the Song of Time, which is what allows you to move between uh, being young and being old. There is also, however, the Sun Song, which yeah. moves the sun. Yeah. So uh, there are. So I would argue that changing night into day is moving time. So that is two different songs. So that one is true. Yay! So RBI Baseball. Did you play uh, a lot of RBI Baseball? We owned RBI Baseball, and I definitely was singing the song that, like, there are two songs for RBI Baseball. Dun, dun, da, dun. One of them moved dun, 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 time. Dun, dun, da, dun. Dun, dun, da, dun. And, uh, do, 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 do. Yeah, I, I played a ton of RBI Baseball. It's the only baseball game that is a video game that's worth playing. Ooh, that's a bold statement. Not mm-hmm. even close. Okay. <laughs> or it's not. So... So there are there were eight teams that you could play for or play as uh, Boston, California, Detroit, Houston, Minnesota, New York, St. Louis and San Francisco, which means that the Oakland A's were not one of the options. 
but young up-and-coming players like Mark McGuire and Jose Canseco were available on their all-star teams. So with that being said, uh, you guys were correct. Pizza is not one of the Pac-Man bonuses that you can get. Uh, There were cherries and strawberries. Raspberries. I don't think so. Mandela effect. Mm -hmm. Oranges and apples and uh, some weird stuff that maybe is like pie or uh you know i but but very clearly nothing is a piece of pizza which is funny because several oh uh, so one i'm seeing i'm seeing this wiki calls them a melon a galaxian flagship a bell and a key (laughs) so but yeah even though uh they're perhaps apocryphal uh stories that pac-man was designed based on a pizza uh pizza is not one of the bonus foods that pac-man can eat so which is funny because i think the only time i ever played pac-man in an arcade setting was at pizza hut was that pizza hut <laughs> <laughs> they had that table thing do you remember yep. the table thing with like the, yeah, they did. the screen in it yeah yep those were super so pop every, every time i watch the like the nerd history stuff they always mention that those they had whole bars of those in japan those those consoles were the were the most desirable ones because you could set drinks down and be there a really long time. Mm-hmm. Tabletop bars mm-hmm. or tabletop games. Those yeah. were awesome. Yeah. I remember playing Tech Mobile at ours <laughs> using the using Bo Jackson and running from one end of the field to the other and then crisscrossing back and getting a ridiculous score and always beating the computer. Uh, so with that, everyone starts uh, season B, one and zero. Well done, everybody. Except Woo. TJ. Woo. I, I'm in. I'm infinity, you know. <laughs> so <laughs> only in this one season. All right. Uh, so as I told you guys, I was able to find the summary that I had. I think I might have written this back when there was still access to the wiki. So uh, yeah, oh. this this is this. We has don't talk a, about the wiki. Yeah, no. Well, eventually we will, because eventually I will uh, will be. I'm already kind of recreating it. I don't. The more I work in this one, the less I like it. I might end up just making like a Word document or a Google Doc, but I want stuff to be linked. Like I want it to be easy to utilize. There's a website. My my friends use it. I will tell you what it is, and you. I don't think it's a subscription based thing, and you can see whether you like it or not. They use it for our campaigns. Okay. I will I will give anything a try. This one seemed to have I mean, some right now in. his notes are just like a Rolodex of napkins. So <laughs> you have a Rolodex? <laughs> wow. You have napkins? <laughs> I, I tried it on the wet wipes, but that didn't get anything done. So uh here is the summary. It is uh it is meant to be lyrical. Uh so uh no making fun of me until it is completely finished. Are we allowed to laugh? Uh, yeah, I think some of I think I think some of these are laugh worthy, but yeah, I, yeah.
Welcome back, my listeners, to Entropy Rising. These LTM characters ain't exactly enterprising. One is new at leading, the other's bad at socializing. All three out for the Raven Queen proselytizing. Matt is Gwynera Silverkin, half elf, half dwarf, all paladin. Her parents traded in lands they were licensed in. Oh, she yeah. ditched them for adventure, and now with this group she's traveling. What? 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 <laughs> <laughs> Steve's Aerith is a revenant, his power is self-evident, though naive, not unintelligent. We joke about him making camp, but the words are not meant to be belligerent. Paul Scafan ain't no man, no woman. <laughs> Z's a boss, man, and Z'll kick your can. Purple, not pale, Z travels the land. Z is the Raven Queen's strong hand. Bitch. They first were led by Boothel, claustrophobic dwarf, but when he panicked in a cave, the group began to morph. Gwen was given a commission and led them to Orin's Wharf. From there they caught a lift on Jalarama's nameless craft. They found themselves becalmed when the wind refused to draft. Compassion and intimidation stopped a mutiny fore and aft. They were left near Boothel's home thanks to a loan of Rama's craft. They ventured into Firemount and learned of the Rex's passing, and the condition of Boothel's mother made the team regret their harassing. To prove he was more worthy, Boothel had to do some outclassing of his cousin who aimed to use this opportunity to create some cast surpassing. The team declined to take on a rather jaunty thief. They were dispatched to Dry Barrel, keeping their visit brief. They needed to solve a mystery to restore the citizens' belief. Though they were successful, it resulted in a great deal of grief. You all saw it. <laughs> the season ended in Eshkent, confronted by a demon gent. On capturing Gwyneris, he was bent. Damage plenty, he was lent. Cliffhanging dreams, Scafan and Aerith were sent. The end. Yay! Yay! See, that's so, better than anything I've done. I mean, you know, yes, but... <laughs> <laughs> so, you, you think you wrote this years ago, like right after the campaign was done? No, I, I, it stayed like I sent it to myself in an email, February. I'm sorry, no, not February, January of 2018. Oh, okay. So that's why I, th- I did it when the wiki was still up, I think, because I think I, as I was going through it, I was like, oh, yeah, I'll do this. Because so, uh, my first season of the campaign was inspired entirely by the GME styles of one Rodrigo Lopez, who ran the main session or main campaign for critical hit. Uh, I have since become uh, more diverse in my resources. And so this was, uh, this, this was based on uh, Jerry Holkins of Penny Arcade who ran the C team and does a, a little bit of his own lyrical stuff every so often in his campaigns that he's involved in. So I was inspired by that, <laughs> but uh, yeah, we, uh, we returned to our campaign already in session. So not so much in session, but, you know, so that kind of got us to the bulk, the bulk of the main things that happened throughout the campaign. So, how about if everyone takes just a moment to reintroduce themselves and their characters and give us a quick description of their characters? Would anyone like to go first? I'll go first. Go for it. Uh, my name is Steve. I am. I'm playing Aerith. E R Y T H a invoker a revenant invoker he is excuse me six feet tall uh he is painfully thin i wrote on my character sheet that it is like christian bale in the machinist uh he is completely hairless uh revenants don't wear shoes that 
became canon <laughs> that became canon in this world. And he has ashen, fairly pale skin, and he's uh, at least physically, he's probably just a little unnerving because he is a revenant. When I played the character last, what I mostly remember is this air of innocence coupled with, I don't know, something that felt sinister because his backstory involved being, uh, I, cho- I had the character background surgeon where he was basically helping a man reanimate his wife and didn't really understand what was going on, but it helped anyway and became morbidly fascinated with corpses. So the the running joke in the that I remember in the first campaign was that because he doesn't understand a lot of social situations and whatnot, he puts his foot in his mouth, but that when uh, it's time to rest, he just, like Andy's toys from Toy Story, just sort of falls on the ground wherever he is. That became kind of a running joke in the game. It sure did. Also, is it canon that all revenants have Hulk pants or is it just Aerith? <laughs> and, and what color are the pants? <laughs> well, if they're Hulk pants, <laughs> really purple. Purple. <laughs> they they were black at one time, but they've been washed and sun faded so much that now they do, you know, purplish in hue. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I have a question before maybe Steve stops is are we supposed to describe like including new magical equipment that we would have gotten what we might no, look like no, or no, just, no okay just physical appearance okay was that part of our ma- okay never mind okay, Steve. i don't have that <laughs> well i have my original sheet so it had all the information on it so mm-hmm. i'm Aerith le- is left-handed okay oh, there you it's go set, it has handedness on the original character sheet i can go next unless matt wants to go if steve oh, you're done. i'm done Okay. okay, so um, Kefan is a Deva Avenger, and he, or maybe not he, TJUZ, I'm not sure I like Z so much, but uh, Kefan is uh, genderless, sexless, because in canonically in this world, Deva do not have any kind of gender. Uh, because there's no reproduction. There was a set amount of them whenever they were created. And if they fall from grace, they turn into a Rakshasa. So there are, their numbers are dwindling. And in fact, uh, I think canonically, Kefan has never really encountered another Deva at all, ever. Since returning to the world, no. Right, right. This life. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, which is not that long. I, I can't remember. He's two years old, maybe. Uh, most of that time, two or three, I can't remember. Uh, I don't have that written down. But uh, he has spent most of that time uh, in a monastery, just like training and praying and trying to understand his situation and learning his skills. And then just the last little bit of it with this group, which I don't know, do we have a, a total time that we spent together so far? Ooh, that's a good question. I, I would have to go back and try and figure out. I, I It is more than... It might be right around a month. I was going to say a few weeks, probably. I, was, well, I thought it was yeah. longer than that because we had a long travel yeah, month. a lot of travel thing. Well, that but, was like I mean, our, our journey to... To get to the Keep of Iran, because you guys yeah. were rolling so well, one of the things that you did is you found that portal that like shortcutted you a ton of distance. Yeah. So and that's why I'm thinking... we had a boat travel. A, the, the, the boat, yeah. But I don't think, again, you weren't... You were only becalmed like a few days, and then okay. you picked well, up again. I I think a month is about right. I'll 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 get back to you. I'll try and 
figure okay. that out about how long you guys have been together. Uh, Kefan is very serious in general. Um, and I will attempt to do it again. I, I attempted to do this last time. I will attempt to do another thing that is that no contractions is, is part of his or their speech pattern. I haven't decided yet if I was going to try and do a different voice because I had started the, I realized I started Entropy Rising with a different headset that allowed me to do like the low voice for Kefan. Mm-hmm. But uh, I was thinking about trying to do something again. We'll see if I feel it. Kefan also has a large execution axe that is chained to the wrist. So there's 10 feet of chain and manacled with seemingly no key or no way to get it off. Uh, so that's been an issue to try and figure out how to deal with that. And the new update, there is an update to that axe, but again, I don't know TJ wants me to go to that point. Um, we did learn at the very end of last time that one of Kafan's previous life, in fact, their last previous life was as Valide, which was the mage of, is it freezer burn niles tj i believe so the the frozen cowboy or something who uh ice cube cowboy ice cube cowboy the um the lead was the one who basically broke the world in trying to what he was trying to do was make it so that people could choose the time of their passing and had set up this huge elaborate ritual it was going to remove the raven queen as the god of death and put some other God into that place, though we never determined what that was. And uh, this was Kefan's big secret that he revealed to only Gwen and Aerith at the very end because it seemed relevant to what was happening with Barthas and Gwen's reckoning star sort of thing that was going on. So go ahead and turn it over to Matt for Gwen. All right. I'm Matt and I'm playing everyone's favorite. Uh, I believe we decided on Dwelf. Uh, half elf, half dwarf, solving the question of why is half elf or half whatever always human for the other half. Gwen is about 19 years old, and uh, she's uh, the daughter of traveling salespeople that uh, have done quite a bit of traveling uh, with her, and she's seen quite a bit of the world and has uh, picked up some of the tra- uh, traits of uh, salespeople with the uh, being diplomatic and polite and uh, generally even tempered. But uh, when she gets into a fight, she also knows what she's doing there and is uh, not afraid to mix it up with people. And uh, somehow along the lines, she has learned how to fight in heavy armor, even though uh, it wouldn't necessarily be something that uh, merchants would know. But uh, I think we've decided that uh, Gwen's... uh, a little bit closer to the uh, dwarven side of things for as far as uh, builds, uh, a little stocky, uh, about five feet tall, maybe uh, dark hair. Some might say raven black hair. Most people you meet would probably say, ah, raven hair. Yes. I think we've said before, yeah, uh, Gwen's the uh, paladin and uh, came into her powers being blessed by the Raven Queen one night. And uh, when she encountered the rest of the group, has uh, taken on a leadership role, especially in the absence of uh, Boothel. She has some uh, questions kind of surrounding her lineage and past uh, that have come up that uh, hopefully we'll be able to find some answers for as we go. Now, just to be clear, I, just to establish it for me, mm-hmm. we all made this conscious effort to choose divine classes exclusively, right? Like that was a thing that we agreed upon. We decided to do it together, yeah. I mean, 
I mean, does I anybody so. remember the genesis of that? Not especially. Okay. No. I don't remember if it was we decided that or if TJ said, hey, what if we do something like this? No, like, I definitely did not. That was definitely okay. something that you guys came up with. Then it sounds like something Steve's like, hey, let's do this. We're like, okay, great. <laughs> I mean, I'll take the blame for it. It just, I love it when people, when we make characters as a group, not in this completely disparate, just Vacuum. different goals yeah. and whatnot. And that isn't to say that this is a lot more extreme than that, where we all have the same goal, basically, which is not necessarily what I was going works. for, but I don't know. It's cool. I like it. Mm-hmm. I will say this. My impression of a re-listen of all our previous sessions was that even though we're all sort of followers of the Raven Queen, each of us had a slightly different twist on it, which like Kafan is very zealous in his faith, be, partly because of his situation. And, and I should say their situation, but I, I keep always default to his, but because of being rescued, basically, and not being a Rakshasa and falling to that fate. So the only he basically only exists by the grace of the Raven Queen. Um, and then Aerith was, I think, Steve, you were playing it more like, hey, I'm a Raven Queen person, but like, you know, all gods are cool. And no, I happen was, to get... Like, it was definitely more, I serve the god of death. Yeah. I mean, at some points, at some certain points, you were like, well, my power doesn't come from the Raven Queen necessarily as an invoker. Oh, yeah, there's oh, I should read into that. And then I and Matt, I know Gwen was playing it more like new to the faith, sort of like what's going on here kind of deal. Mm-hmm. And we also had sort of a, a different twist on which fans is probably the most straightforward. But yeah, I don't want to live too much in the past. But when you guys like so Aerith spent time with Boothal and also spent time with other Raven Queen initiates before Boothal, so has had some time within the church. And Kafan obviously spent a bunch of time in his temple before he came down and or monastery. Uh, so he had time in the temple. But Gwen, you know, had the time with the group. And so like her first real initiation into something a little bit more formal than just like adventuring. Uh, the people who ran, you guys met Lara Bell, mm-hmm. who I accidentally called Lulu Bell for at least a session or two. Yes. <laughs> Basically, I've been to a fancy dinner or two, and that's about as much as I know about church doctrine. Yeah, yep. exactly. And I can summon a, a, like a messenger raven. One of the things that she did before you left her was she gave each of you a scroll. And the purpose of that was you guys each have different personalities and personalities in how you interact with the Raven Queen. And so she posed questions to each of you to ponder to hopefully help you stay on the path towards the Raven Queen because of the because of you each having that unique relationship. It's it's apparent to people other than like you guys as players and like as your own individuals, but like it's apparent to people outside like, oh, you all have different takes on how you interact and how you how you fit into the religion as a you know as an organization hold on i just want to read the the little section of the of the invoker that i apparently took very literally and took it over the top <laughs> it says no you no other no other mortal servant of the gods can claim the same kind of power through rites of investure avengers clerics and paladins gain the ability to manifest echoes of that power that divine power uttering careful prayers and channeling divine energy through their holy symbols. You, however, 
channel your God's power directly. No mere symbol can contain it, for you speak the words of creation, shaping the universe to your and your God's will. Do you have unlimited power? Unlimited power! (laughs) Sure seems to be like your power from the God. But anyway... (laughs) This is from the book that you claim that we have to all follow. So Right. And like I said, I sure seem like you get your power directly from the God. <laughs> yes, directly versus praying for it or like it's infused in me. Yeah. But it's, it was like the energy of creation or something, not necessarily just the Raven Queen's energy. I forgot how you played it last time. Well, it just says that, the you know, the greatest, the, the sentence before was the greatest of the gods, mortal agents in the war against uh, elemental chaos, the primordials, were the invokers imbued with a fragment of the gods own might to fight alongside them. So it's kind of like hardwired in, not accessed in the same exact way. So that's all. And so and again, I think I and you, you listened, Paul, so maybe you know better than I do. But in my mind, there's definitely the distinction that he served almost like the god of death, whoever that would be. Because I am almost certain we talked about a potential heresy within the Raven Queen religion. Yes. Mm-hmm. Oh, so, that came up? You, you remember that? That yeah, was in Paul's like, notes. <laughs> yeah. Oh, I don't. I'm sorry. I, I, I only skimmed it because it was. It was like reading beat poetry and I didn't understand some of the things. I was like, this doesn't make sense to me. It was like listening to beat poetry. Can you guys imagine anything worse? (laughs) So really quick. Clam bake. (laughs) (laughs) So you guys. I forget forget exactly how it came up, but you guys were talking or you were discussing in the final episode, like, the um cult of the reckoning star what was it was it the cabal cabal yeah cabal of the reckoning star um who uh believe that you know finding the reckoning star uh could end the world and you know their belief is that that would then deliver all those souls to the raven queen making her so powerful uh and then within the true religion they say no this is heresy because you know the raven queen really guides dead souls to the afterlife she doesn't actually gain power from them so uh that's one of the branches the other one that you guys know is the black wings which are the group that you had to cut out in dry barrel can i actually have a question about that tj go right ahead because i think my impression was the black wings are a real thing the church dispatches black wings to do a real service because that's what happened in dry barrel was they were there to do the real service of euthanasia. Right. Oh, so maybe I have the wrong name, but keep going. But then there were other people in dry barrel, which I can't remember. Hothead. I can't remember the names of the dragonborn. That's that okay. sort of you took advantage to of that to sort of, you know, okay, so there's these black wings here. They're doing a thing. We're going to take advantage of them being here to sort of murder somebody else and pit it on them. I think I was confused because we had sort of talked about like maybe there was a group of black wings that had gone rogue, but then we sort of determined that wasn't the case. But then I wasn't sure where we ended on is, is like, is our black wings or are some black wings gone rogue for real? 
or was that or just was part of the posing as them or yeah was that just part of the mystery of dry barrel and the truth was that those black swings got killed because they were just there and they were easy scapegoats so then i'm i'm probably uh conflating two different things so you're right i'm pretty sure that the black wings are basically like you know mercy killers yeah you know like helping people get shepherded into the afterlife but there was a separate group in the ones that you guys not not the not the black wings that the townspeople killed but there were other people who were basically acting as black wings but were taking it too far so maybe then you don't know the name of that sect maybe maybe i gotten that terms confused but there is another sect that you found where okay there is both yeah yeah so there's 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 appropriate black wings and then there's people who maybe would take advantage of their position of black wing to then go further than they're supposed to and you know would be ending lives prematurely so which is not the cabal of the reckoning star or could be or we don't know they, they that seems like they would have so while the cabal of the reckoning star is more of like let's deliver all these souls and no that doesn't do any good the other one is more like we'll just kill more people and it's, well, it's, the regular star is just more efficient. They're like, let's kill everyone at once instead of one by one. Whereas, whereas this other group <laughs> is, is more of like... Is it, or is it genocide? Yeah. <laughs> it's more about like skirting fate, right? Because the Raven Queen is the, queen of, is the goddess of fate. So skirting fate, doing less to support that aspect of her and doing more to do the shepherding. Like they don't, they're not like, oh, we have to end the world because they recognize that like needs followers, but more about like more efficiently delivering the souls. So you, so so far you know of at least two uh sects, two splinter okay. sects that are considered heresies. Sounds like a super stable church. <laughs> Cuz no organized religion in real life has ever gone wrong in any way ever. <laughs> or had splinter groups. Right. No, never. Yeah. So you guys had just woken up that morning, something felt weird in the air. Uh, you went outside, you confronted Barthas, uh, you defeated him, you defeated his army of skeletons, uh, Aerith went around removing key vertebrae so they couldn't re- re-emerge as, or be, be uh, reanimated yet again as skeletons. You came inside and you spoke with fate. And uh, one of the things that you did was you said, you know, it was concerning about how this army came to be here and uh, people should check the local crypts. And so fate sent runners out to go check. And also, um, I, I want to say Gwen, maybe, or no, maybe Kafan recommended checking like wards around the city. Yeah. Okay. Fate ends up sending out about 10 runners and you guys were kind of doing breakfast but everyone you know it's it's a it's a mess right there's people like even with your administrations that are still badly injured uh weak grip lost an arm no one's going to die because you guys are doing a good job of tending to them but you know there's there's a breakfast that's either getting cold on the table or burning in the pot and everyone is still not quite in a right frame of mind because everyone you know maybe amped up but also groggy from sleep and not having had food so <clears throat> i don't know if anyone in the party is gonna want to try and eat if you guys are gonna be like once you're done you know taking care of the most critical injuries um i don't know if you guys want to do something else Aerith is definitely help 
the surgeon background part of him. So he's hacking off limbs or doing whatever is necessary to help people in that regard. Not overt healing, just more right. Uh, Tending yeah, to the wounds. battlefields. Exactly. Yeah. Triage so, and cutting off bones or cutting off limbs is a big so, part so of it. So we'll say that you took off Weak Grip's arm. Great. And you do a fine job of it. Yay. Is this before or after we found the cured angel skin parchment thing? I thought you guys sort of took care of the fight. You examined Barthas. And once that was all done, then you spoke with fate. Oh, I think it's the other way around. Oh, okay. I'm I'm looking at the map in rule 20 and seeing that Kafan and Gwen are both standing next to fate rather than next to Bartha. So that's why I assumed oh. that you finished and then came in. But we looked at his stuff or we brought his stuff in, but we didn't examine it until like okay. after, after we had talked to fate right away, I think. Mm-hmm. Okay. Well then, then we'll say that you haven't looked at it yet. So you, if you're done, you know, with whatever administrations you're going to do, you've spoken with fate. So if you want to make sure that you are looking at this stuff right away, yeah, actually, I was going to say, Kefan wouldn't. Kefan doesn't have necessarily this the healing skills that maybe Aerith does, or even Gwen. Kefan would definitely be more concerned with how did this happen, and is assuming that in a company of clerics that someone else is going to be doing the basic healing because mm-hmm. that's not where his talents lie. Okay, just to be clear, Aerith is also not talented at healing people. <laughs> right. <laughs> But the battlefield, I'm, I'm imagining Aerith is like a Civil War medic right now. Mm-hmm. That's precisely it. <laughs> Walking around with a cigar in his mouth, pulls it out. Oh, my God. <laughs> Here comes the meat wagon. <laughs> New guy's puking his guts out in the corner. <laughs> All because you wanted to save a few gold on your wards. <laughs> do, all right do you validate Get out. No. all right thank you very much okay so so Aerith does a little bit of helping but then not not too much and is mostly leaving the healing to others uh kafan is talking to fate and then just kind of hanging around waiting for runners to return to see what reports they have gwen i think she'd be uh trying to you know help administer healing to the wounded and also uh, if not just you know actual healing kind of attending to their uh, their nerves with her diplomacy trying to talk them down you know to calm calm everyone that you know if they're frightened or you know it seems like it seems like this group of clerics probably hadn't seen fighting before so they're probably shaken up having not gone through that before so she's trying to work with them a little bit too okay why don't you uh Make a diplomacy roll, Matt. We'll see how good you do at calming everyone's nerves. Oh no, rolling. <laughs> Apparently terribly Ooh. with the twenty dice. Uh that's gonna be a sixteen. <laughs> wow. All right. So I'm very diplomatic. And how? So uh Matt rolled a three. So we'll say Yep. Um, still got like a sixteen? Right, yeah. right, right. So we'll say like that's one of my good skills. The the like the first like maybe you're talking to like a group of people and like you start to almost put your foot in your mouth, but like 
you just course correct real smoothly and you turn it into like a nice little uh parable that everyone can kind of relate to and you know, before you move on to the next group everyone you know um no one's smiling because this isn't a time for that but um the the sort of empty hollow stares are gone you know maybe they're you know maybe there's some small talk between like the person that they're closest to and uh they're engaging each other so you've helped reduce that battle shock and now that you've got that speech you kind of take it and you just apply it to a couple other groups and you're feeling really confident about yourself and you should because you do a great job of getting everyone to you know sort of just mellow out and come back down from the high that they had from the fight yay go team girl squad then someone tries to talk to japan (laughs) (laughs) so maybe 25 or 30 minutes after you first talk to fate and he sends out the runners the first few come back in and uh, kafan you're right there to get the report alongside fate because you're anxious to get it and fate doesn't dismiss you so the first couple runners come in and they report from you know crypts nearby in the city and they say you know uh they saw no signs of any disturbances and then a few minutes later some more come in with the same reports and within you know five or six minutes six six of the runners returned and they all said you know check each one went to a different area and there's there's summary the report is you know nothing out of the ordinary seems to have occurred at any of the uh, burial locations within the city no no doors ajar nothing pried open no locks broken everything seems to be as one would expect and then uh maybe five minutes after that a runner returns from the main gate the uh the report from that is no disturbances at the main gate all night everything locked up chip shape nothing reported by the guard guards that were on duty there that evening then a couple minutes after that a runner comes from north gate one north gate one has he returns and says you know it took a while but the guard eventually admitted to falling asleep last night and there are signs that the door that the gate may have opened during the night it's hard to tell but but now there's at least one area to be suspect of then the runners return from north gate 2 and south gate and they both have more dire reports uh at both of those gates the guard was missing but blood was found at the gatehouse again the gates looked like maybe they were opened but it's hard to tell fate thanks them for their efforts and instructs them to take one of their fellows and return to the gate and uh from there try and summon the city guard to recover the body if possible of their fallen fellow and raise the alert level of the city at at least at the walls fate turns to kafan and says i know you all had a 
difficult morning dealing with that thing. But um, I believe that we need to sweep the city and ensure that there aren't more undead wandering about. Uh, is Aerith within earshot of that? Uh, I mean, I, if you're doing battle medic or uh, field medic kind of things, I imagine that it wouldn't have taken you too long. No. I imagine you got weak, weak grips, limb taken care of and stabilized and then kind of left someone else to deal with the shock from it. Yeah, absolutely. So Apparently, then I imagine you probably would have just been standing around hanging out with Kafan unless you would stand around somewhere else. Does Aerith have a bone saw? Do you like, you have a staff? Are you like just knocking people's limbs <laughs> off with a staff? Like, <laughs> It's like a golf swing. If I just do it enough times, the bone just sort of dislocates right. and it's easier to come off. Sure. Yes, I have a bone saw. Okay. <laughs> is it magical bone saw? Yes. Okay. It is bone at- saw. I was going to say, it's actually, I walk around with Macho Man Randy Savage as my companion. Yeah. Need this uh, arm off? I'll tear this arm off. Oh, yeah. Uh, Next episode is going to be brought to us by Slim Jim. So. Yeah. Uh, at the idea of more undead in the city, Aerith will, uh, Aerith, I guess, waits to see what Kafan's reaction is, but he's always seemed like the, Ooh, there's undead. I want to go kill them. And Aerith likes to go along for such things. So mm-hmm. he's hoping that Kafan bites. So Aerith is standing nearby looking expectant. Eavesdropping. Yep. Yeah. Well, it's, it doesn't eavesdropping imply that you're trying not to be seen versus right. just <laughs> standing there. <laughs> He's like the guy who wants to get into the conversation at a party, but like no one has like opened up and made room for him to join yet. So he's just standing there, like nodding along and listening. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So Kafan will, uh, yes, I believe that's a good plan. I already fucked it up. I believe that is a good plan. <laughs> Do you have a suggestion for a best way to go about that? We don't know the city very well. Right. My intention is I said to... another contraction. Damn it. <laughs> I mean, darn it. What do you mean? Watch, watch your language, Paul. You're getting contractions. Yeah. <laughs> can still swear. No, I know. Uh, Fate says, no, I, my intention is to uh, gather the healthy members of our church and begin to spread out slowly from here and summon some of the other churches that would, well, every church here would be opposed to undead. So we'll, we'll get, we'll get a large group. I, this shouldn't be the responsibility of just our church. Everyone should be out checking for this if they are capable of handling themselves against an undead. So give me a moment. We'll assess who's, who's able to walk and then we'll put together groups. I might ask you guys to uh, split up and go with one or two members of the local community Very just well. in case. Mm-hmm. Uh, Aerith at the prospect of hearing that you may be separated is like, <sighs> is it? I'm, I'm <laughs> sorry. Fate, so fate's taken catches or hears it and is taken it back a bit and seems, seems quite differential to you and says, Oh, is, if that's a problem, um, it, or if you if you think there's a better 
way to handle this. I'm, I'm certainly willing to listen to your expertise. We, we do work the best as a single unit, but uh, it also seems, and it, it, Kefan's kind of looking at Aerith, it also seems that we are maybe stronger in our ability to fight than many of your clerics. So perhaps splitting us up leads to the most safety for all. <sighs> fate looks confused, or fate looks um, torn between the the one who's agreeing with him and the one who seems put out by it. And he starts looking around for Gwen. <laughs> <laughs> That's always the, the right answer for our social <laughs> interactions. <laughs> How tall is Aerith? How tall is Aerith? Only six foot. Yeah. Oh, I thought you were taller. So Kafan is six six. I think Devas are supposed to be tall. I just like the idea of tall Aerith on one side and tall Kafan on the other side, and then five foot tall Gwen is actually in front. Like walks up, not only like, being the leader, but also being the meat like, shield and like <laughs> frontline fighter. And then the two of us are so like, you, eh. you mean the speed bump? <laughs> well, what I think is also fascinating is if I remember correctly. What made this game or this campaign so infuriating for TJ is that it solely relied on Gwen talking. Because if <laughs> other like if if left to anything else, it was just the fan brooding and Aerith, you know, yeah. watching the butterflies and then just not paying as much attention, and then no one would talk. And so it would be TJ going. Okay, and now this thing happens <laughs> again and again and again. The the problem was I made too many NPCs, and so I ended up doing like the senior Wenseless like you routine where I was like talking to myself a whole bunch. Right. Mm-hmm. I'm gonna keep making that mistake. It's fun, <laughs> but um, <laughs> uh, yeah. Gwen sees everyone kind of joined in conversation, so she'll uh, walk over to see uh, what the news is. Mister Silverkin, we've received word from all of the runners that I sent out earlier. There are no signs that any remains from within the city were used. However, there are signs that the secondary gates throughout the city all may have been compromised. And I have proposed that we uh, sweep through the city with the able bodies that we still have here, uh, joining ranks with some of the other churches along the way to ensure that the streets are safe. That sounds like a, a good plan. Uh, I had, has anyone investigated the, uh, the gates to see perhaps uh, where these people came from then? The, the runners simply returned to inform me that uh, in one case, uh, the gate looked at, like it had been opened, but it was hard to tell. And after some rather pointed questioning eventually the guard admitted to falling asleep at their post last night the other two uh secondary gates the the guard was missing but blood was found at the place so uh once they had that information they returned back here and as much as we would like to help you here i believe that we may have more important duties elsewhere well we're still waiting on word to come back to us and we've indicated that we are here so i thought we said that you guys hadn't sent anything once you arrived i thought we wrong did. about that i thought we Gwen did sent it. Oh, okay Gwen sent one. 
Yeah, they were looking for a face-to-face mess, uh, meeting. After the battle. Yeah, when, okay. When yep. Oh, unless that's not happened yet. Then, never mind. We'll say that that's why it took so long for Gwen to get back here, because she sent that first and then went and when did her up. pep talks. So uh, I was going to suggest, since they obviously ended up here and perhaps came from one of the gates, that we should at least uh, start by going in a straight line from here to the gates and see if we see any clues that there are more undead in the city or see if we can pick up the trail of where they came from. If we're going to assist in searching the city. Do you, uh, Steve, does Aerith have rituals? Yes. So like a tracking ritual? This is oh, totally... No. I have no idea if it's a thing, but... Uh, my understanding... The two rituals that I remember... One is... And again, I'm not 100% certain. I have to look them up. I have create holy water and hand of fate. Yeah. Okay. I mean, they're pretty low-level ones. They're not, like, super great. How do we get you more rituals? Is that how? I think you just, like, in the same way you would get equipment, you just, like, have to buy a ritual, and then you just oh. have access to it. I think. That sounds right. Mm-hmm. I'm, I'm checking that out right now. It doesn't really matter for right now. It's just, like, if there's something where Earth can, like, cast... Did you know find undead or something? There is no find undead. You can acquire a ritual book or acquire a ritual scroll. Well, there you go. Would be nice. <laughs> you must. Oh, owning a ritual book isn't enough to perform the ritual. You must first master a ritual by studying it for eight uninterrupted hours. I thought you were going to say years. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I think you guys would have access to up to level five. Uh, no, 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 no. No, there were, not, no. there were not a ton of options. Uh, there's Eye of Alarm, but that seems more like set an alarm, not use the eye to go find something that would alarm you. The short answer yeah. is no, no, I don't have anything. Yeah, right okay, now. that's yeah. fine. Yeah. And, and, and I'm also was looking to be like, and there, there and don't feel bad because I don't think there's anything that you would have access to that would get it for you. So, so yeah. Oh, what's what's Lore Master's bargain? Oh, so Matt. Plead your case with the... With the GM, who is the mm-hmm. Lore Master. So are are you guys decided that you're going to go out and split up? Yep. Okay. So fate manages to round up six able-bodied individuals. We'll say, uh, looking at the map, it just happens to be the six that are, yeah, the six that are all uh, to his right inside the uh, temple. So that's Red Teeth, Glittering Eye, Dark Claw, Tewar, Zan and Alvin. Alvin! Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, so you guys can decide how you want to break up, but each two of them will go with each of you and lead you towards the gate, uh, each to a separate gate. There's my team. As I say, it looks like Zan should definitely go with Aerith and then whoever else. I want Alvin. All right. <laughs> you got Zan and Elvin. He looks dark. He looks looks dark and evil. So Gwen will go with Dark Claw and Tawar. Sure. All right. So we'll start with Kafan. We'll say that uh, Red Teeth was the runner who found the guard that had been asleep. Because 
you know, let's send Kafan to interview the guy who had fallen asleep because that'll go over well for that guy. Well, can yeah. we make a different? I, I think. Well, okay, whatever. That's fine. No, what were you gonna say? Like, do we have a choice in this? Like, hey, one team is gonna talk to people, and the other two teams are gonna investigate the dead bodies. Mm-hmm. So we're probably gonna send Gwen to go talk to talk people. people. <laughs> All right. So here, how about this? If that's what you want to do, then we'll just say, uh, okay. So I, we will send Kafan and Red Teeth and Glitter. Knight. Red Red Teeth didn't find the sleeping guy. Red Teeth found the was at the other north door. Found the uh, one with the missing guard and the blood in uh, the guardhouse. So you guys go up, and along the way, you find the uh, temple of Palor, and you stop in and tell them what happened and that they need to send people out to to investigate and check and be repaired in case there uh, are still undead around. So they say they will and you guys continue on and that's all. So you guys get to the guardhouse. Gwen and Darklaw and Tawar. We'll say Darklaw was the runner who found the sleeping guard. You guys go along the way. You find the temple for Cord and the temple for Arathis and tell uh, representatives at both temples what happened that they need to send people out and so they agree, and so you continue on your way, and you get there. And uh, when you get there, uh, Darklaw points out the guard who had fallen asleep, but that guard has also been joined already by uh, two others, uh, one of whom seems very upset and is yelling at the guard. And then for Aerith, Zahn and Alvin take you to the south wall uh, gate. Uh, Zan was the runner there. Found that one empty. Along the way you stop at the temples for Bahamut and Avandra and make sure that they send out uh, people to investigate as well. I know all the rest of them. What's Avandra? Avandra is the god of change. Delights in freedom, trade, travel, adventure, and the frontier. Okay. Uh, we'll start with Kafan. Sure. Yo. <laughs> 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 uh, so how about if you make a uh, perception check for me? I got... 27. Okay. You feel like there's probably not much new that can be gleaned from inside. Um, There's already been people walking around here and the, you know, yes, there's blood, but there's not a lot of blood inside. So, you know, you have an idea of maybe where a body would have been taken, but um, you open the gates and go outside and um, you see what uh, Red Teeth didn't see because Red Teeth didn't like go up to the top of the wall. 
but um the the winds haven't been very strong uh overnight and you can see that the sand has been disturbed out quite a ways sort of straight line-ish the sand has been disturbed mm-hmm like like you would like guess the Zamboni? <laughs> not like the Zamboni. <laughs> um like um like probably a line of people walked and so like you know it's not like when you walk across the beach like maybe your feet sink in a little bit but like if you did it and the person behind you did and the person behind you did and the person behind you did it that kind of thing like you might have like a small trench that got made um you know you, it's not like your foot just goes straight down like maybe your toes drag along it as you come up so it, it it sort of just makes furrows so i think a large amount of creatures march to this gate yeah because i let me see if i can get an idea i'm trying to remember how many came through this way uh so there were four eight ten twelve fifteen seventeen so they're around 20 by you guys so yeah about 20 okay like 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 a good a good amount like it wasn't just like one or two things came through this way okay okay i want to before i go anywhere or do anything else i want to make sure like is there some other guard like city guard that's come on duty that's staying here and watching this gate and is it like closed and locked and stuff so now if, well, you went out, well, no, I said you went up. So you went up and you saw it from up top. Um, the gate uh, was um, barred when you arrived. And so if you, you know, give it a shake and check, like it's still barred. Um, so yeah, that's, uh, that's all, that's all here. And uh, while you are there, um, you see um, two city guards kind of uh, jogging um, along the wall, like not on top, but like along the bottom of the wall, coming towards the gatehouse. Okay. I guess as soon as they get there, I'm going to assume that this gate is defended. And probably head back towards the temple and okay. just try and keep a lookout for anything. But I want to make sure like we compare, I want to get back so we compare notes about what the situation is at each gate, I guess. That's yep. Kafan's thought process. Uh, so maybe we'll go to Aerith next since you had the other empty one. Okay. You arrive. What do you want to do while you're there? Yep. I mean, I, yeah, I mean, we're going to investigate. We're going to look around to see what we can find. And I'm going to tell them to spread out. And Okay. So why don't you make a perception check? No, I have a better idea. Are you going to politely ask them to look around? Or are you maybe going to accidentally intimidate them into looking around? Well, okay. So one, my skills are not the same as what I, I just sent you. Because okay. I, I updated them right afterwards. So uh, my intimidation is not nearly as high as it was. My main sure. skills, I, I have a high endurance, high nature, uh, a, a high religion, and then what's the last one? And a high history. 
So okay. again, I was trying to intentionally take skills that other people wouldn't. Now it, but I, for sure, would order them around because I'm I'm supposedly the most senior person, so it mm-hmm. would definitely be a you go do this, you go do that. So it can absolutely be an intimidation check, but not malicious intimidation. More just like I'm, you're supposed to listen to me. Yeah, no, I I sort think of, that sort you, of mentality. Yeah, I think that you had said like your intimidation is more of a I'm unnerving intimidation. So um, it was more of a you said you were going to do it this way. And so I said, OK, well, rather than, you know, a perception check for everybody, which maybe gets a little boring, you could do something different. So you, you're welcome okay. to do a perception check if you want. But if you'd rather use a social skill to like boss them around and, you know, then maybe you'll get a benefit from having them do the work, then, you know, we'll do we can do it that way. Too. I think intimidate. I was going with I was literally in my mind, it would have been not necessarily intimidate, but it it fits. So um, mm-hmm. it's a total of 20. Oh, okay. So they seem to, uh, when, when you give them an order, they like stand up a little straighter and, you know, more like, you know, probably when they were, you know, getting their orders from fate, maybe they were like standing at attention. And then when they started walking with you at first, like maybe they were, not sure what to do with you and then you were kind of quiet maybe on the way down and because you're usually quiet <laughs> and so they, they got a little bit more relaxed but when yep. you, you know, give them an order they like snap right to it and uh they sort of split up you know they stay i'll stay with you know within pretty close distance of you like you know you, there's not much room to cover but alvin finds signs that um even though Zan initially thought that the gate was opened, uh, Alvin finds signs that no, it, it probably wasn't opened. It's you know that was like the sand was disturbed just because it hasn't been windy enough for it to have resettled in from it being open during the daytime the previous day. The sand, or sorry, the the blood in this case, upon closer inspection, actually wasn't. Th- uh, fresh blood it's it's old blood and there's no other real signs of a struggle in the gatehouse okay no struggle old blood yep we go now to gwen unless okay. oh, sorry unless you had something else you wanted to do Aerith. no that was good thank you okay on to gwen so i think uh the, you said uh, that there's somebody else yelling at the other one? Yeah, so the guard that fell asleep is obviously getting dressed down by his mm-hmm. superior. So, you know, if you want to be close enough to hear, you know, it's, uh, it's a lot of, um, you know, you are a good coin doing this job. There are dozens of others who would be here and none of them would be falling asleep on the job. But sir, my my the new hatchlings, they're they're keeping me awake all night. I don't care. You need to do your job when you're here. People could have died. You could have died. Gwen would like to use her insight, kind of watching this, to see if there's any uh, chance that the guy is like lying, or if it's uh, at least he thinks he's true about uh, you know, his excuse about the hatchlings, but. Absolutely. Go ahead and roll insight. All right. That would be a 30. Hot dog. All right. So, 
So here's what here's what you're getting from this conversation. Uh, the guard is absolutely devastated, like scared about the fact that like he fell asleep and other guards like may have died. Like uh, as far as he knows, like two other guards died because that's kind of what mm-hmm. it has been circling around. It's like then there's also like the oh he fell asleep like the other guards are gonna like take it out on him like you know because if he was with them then like they could have been hurt uh he's he's like he's just like a bag of nerves but like he is 100 percent legitimate like it's a new parent like you know screaming Mm -hmm. kids you know all night and just like you know normally would have been awake at his post like not like slacking off just like couldn't do it that night and fell asleep honestly and this sergeant cares very much about this um about the guard and like you get the sense like this sergeant is it's just a good sergeant like cares about everyone cares about all the guards and like legitimately like obviously cares about the safety of the town this very much could be like not a fireable offense but like a legitimate crime and like maybe like some severe punishment to go along with it. And so he's like trying to give him like tongue lashings so that he doesn't get like actual physical lashings. Mm-hmm. So you're witnessing all of this and like, he's really, really giving it to him hard, but like maybe the, like the other, um, it's like a tough love kind of like drill surgeon type it's it's just tough right now but because you are so insightful you can kind of see the like the care underneath it you can Mm -hmm. see it a little bit more for what it is but like it's it's pretty obvious that like the one who fell asleep absolutely devastated and like everything that the sergeant is saying is just like a knife into him again like just making it worse and then the guard that walked along um, with is like, you can kind of see why the sergeant's going so hard. Cause the one who came and like didn't fall asleep at their post is like, kind of like, you know, mouthing along with it. Like, yeah, like that and worse. Like, you know, you can kind of see what maybe the sergeant's trying to prepare him to have to deal with from his comrades. After he gets done, I'd go up and introduce myself and say that we're investigating uh, the incident. Uh, would you mind if we asked a few questions? I'm sorry, you said that to the sergeant? Yeah. Uh, sergeant says, you, I mean, you, now's not really the best time. Kind of well, dealing with it. It'd be better him. to get, get the information while it's still fresh in his mind. I was going to inquire if he noticed anything, you know, he says he fell asleep, but after he woke, was there anything that he noticed that was unusual or different? I mean, what, what are you guys even doing here? I mean, like, did something happen to, to the temple? Like did a robber come in and take something? No, there was an attack last night. What kind of an attack? His demeanor changes completely. Yeah, there was a. Uh, there are many skeletons. It was, it was skeletons, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, but yeah, there was an attack on the temple, and uh, 
we were able to uh, stave off the attack. But what? That's part of why we're investigating to make and sure. He that turns and looks further at danger the, to the to the city. Right. And he turns to look at the one who is not who who walked there with him, who is not the one who fell asleep. He says, "How come I'm hearing about this from them? How? Why? How many of the city watch were there to help defend you?" At the temple, none. He he turns and says to the guard that's with him, "Wait, we, he, run to the." And he turns and looks back at you. Which temple? Did you did you say you were already you were with Raven Queen? I didn't think you. I did, did not, but oh, uh, we serve the uh, Raven Queen. But we are we are enlisting the aid of the other temples to make sure that they're safe as well, and that we locate if there's any more undead in the city. Okay. He uh, he turns back to the person and he says, "Okay, Raven Queen, that's District Three. Who District Three last night? Okay, yeah, run, check with Stone Nail, and see how come I didn't hear about this from him." He turns back to Gwen. Um, I'm 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 sorry to hear what happened. I will stay here while you ask, while you question him, but uh, you're, you're welcome to question. Many thanks. And like I said, I'd, I'd also just proceed to kind of question him about if you notice any details that were out of the ordinary or okay. so anything he, that might help us. Right, right. He says it was a normal night. You know, I, I, I know I made it to midnight i checked the wall i checked the door i came in here to put my feet up for a minute and i just uh i've got little ones and i'm just i'm exhausted and sleep overtook me and i'll i'll never do it again i and he turns and looks at the sergeant and he's gotta believe me never again um he's like almost crying Never again. And, you know, the next thing I woke up, he, he points at Dark Claw. He's like, he was here and, you know, waking me. He was here. Uh, he had opened the door and, uh, you know, I think I woke up just as he arrived. Uh, and, you know, I tried to play it off, but he could tell. And so I eventually told him, I'm, I'm, I'm so sorry. Do you, do you think that these things got through my gate? We're not sure. There were reports that uh, perhaps some of the other gates uh, had issues as well. We, we're investigating all of them. Oh, God. Oh, God. Oh, Bahamut. Oh, man. You may uh, count yourself lucky if if they did come through this gate that you weren't killed as well. But Killed? Oh. Oh, God. What gates? Not the main gate, was it? I, I don't believe so. My brother works at worked the main gate last night. Okay. Um, oh God. Oh. Well, thank you for uh, your time, and uh, I'll thank the sergeant as well. I think we found all that we can here. This this one's leaning over with his head in his hands, mm -hmm. and the sergeant now is kind of like looking around, and when he sees that you've turned to leave. Maybe maybe like you take a second look over your shoulder as you're going, but he's he's gone and he's he's consoling the guard. Mm -hmm. I'll ask uh, Darkclaw and Tawar see if they notice anything out of the ordinary around here. Since this would be their city, they might 
be able to tell if it's something that looked amiss other than, you know, the other people here questioning the guard. But. Mm-hmm. Where do, are, are you asking them to look everywhere? Do you direct them to a specific spot? I, I mean, mostly around, you know, the gate itself and immediately after. I mean, does it look like something came through or, you know, again, is there something in how they arrange things around the city that mm-hmm. looks out of place? But They both go up. Why don't you, why don't you use diplomacy? Because you're nice and you're <laughs> asking. Asking nicely. Yeah. Um, Go do my busy work. Yeah. Please do my busy work. Uh, that would be a 24. Okay. They go up and they end up finding something similar to what Kafan saw uh, out his gate. Namely, um, some furrows in the sand suggesting that uh, you know a number of creatures okay okay a number of creatures were walking uh this way until uh you know in and most likely in single file to make the lines in the sand that were made okay can we uh see the can we follow those lines into the city or does it do we lose you know lose the track at the gate it's a gate that swings inward um, so like once you get inside the city, right inside the gate, like the sand is sort of like smoothed out. Um, and then like you're inside the city and, uh, th- I mean, things are sandy, but like, it's not like a beach sand, sure. you know, like there's still stones that so, you're yeah, walking on and stuff. So, right. It's not like, you know, you, you're going to have footprints that you can follow through it. So, uh, yeah, you, you, you follow it. The, the path is obvious leading to the city. Once it gets in, then it's more obscure. And um, no, 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 none of you are able to really discern anything that you can track. Sure. I think with that, we'd uh, return to the temple. All right. So uh, you all return to the temple. Oh, we found what looks like tracks leading up to the gate. Uh, sounds like the the guard fell asleep and it was legitimately just falling asleep. I don't think there's any scheming or them being in on it, but we lost the, we lost the trail once it comes into the gate. TJ, I had said Kefan wanted to sort of keep an eye out on the way back to the temple. Did he see anything? In as far as signs of how the passage of, they may have passed. Yeah, progressed it through. Uh, no, so I don't know if you heard what I said to Matt, but it'd be it. It's the same situation. Uh, the path is obvious to track out in the deep sand outside the city, um, but once you get inside, like the gate is a gate that swings inward. It's not like a you know portcullis that drops down, um, and so that motion of the door swinging open and close would sort of have swept any sand there kind of smooth once you're inside the city you know it's it's not like walking on a beach anymore like yes there's sand around but it's you know there's there's pavers and you're walking on the stone so um there's not really much to there's nothing that you guys are able to discern that indicates you know the path that was taken i don't even just mean necessarily like footprints but Mm -hmm. hey there's this like a 
there's a body in the alley that was stabbed last night or, sure. you know, like somebody saw them or it would, um, I don't know, like blood or anything else that would have been on the way, like trying to pass a bunch of skeletons through a city. Right. You don't, see, you usually don't see any signs of um, struggles, you know, no signs that, you know, uh, witnesses had to be silenced, that kind of a thing. You know, there are a couple of districts within the city where there's a bit more nightlife. You know, if, if I you would ask, you know, if you're asking like red teeth or glittering eye, they would tell you that there are areas that are, you know, more lively in the evening. But even those tend to die down a few hours after midnight. So, you know, depending on when they came in, it's possible they could have evaded much of the city. Okay. Then I guess I'll just say to Gwen and Aerith, and if Fate's there, are we talking to Fate too? But uh... yeah, if you guys, you know, are are not talking to you, return certainly. Like the 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 regular locals or the local uh, followers, devotees uh, would be would plan to report to Fate, but they'll sort of defer to you. Like they'll all go and wait by Fate and like kind of be looking to you to see if you're coming to join them because you know they were put in positions where it seems like you guys were in charge so they're waiting for you guys to give the reports so i'll, I'll say uh, at, the, at the gate that we went to it seemed though there were also tracks of a large group coming in i thought perhaps 20 which was about as many as were here. If there were also tracks at additional gates, perhaps that means more are in the city somewhere. The gate was closed, but of course could have been closed after they came in. And there are now guards at that gate, but if they're already in the city, that doesn't seem to matter. I agree. Is that it? Is that all, is that, all that Kafan was sharing? I think that's all I found. Yep. Okay. So, uh, Aerith definitely pushes Alvin forward. You know, like not quite manhandling him, but you know, it's kind of like, Hey, you tell them what we found. Oh, well, um, we, we inspected more closely and it seems that the blood that was inside the gatehouse was not fresh. Been there for a while. And, well, there weren't really any other signs of struggle. And and really, no real signs that the gate had been even opened. So hopefully that just means maybe just two groups. Were there and tracks what? outside the gate that you noticed? At our gate, yes. No, I'm talking to Alvin. Oh. And, and Aerith, I suppose. Aerith's uh, deferring. Zan. He looks at you, looks back. To Alan. Uh, Zan speaks up. Um, I had gone to the top of the wall. I didn't see anything that indicated that anyone had come through. I, you know, you spoke of a large paths through the sand indicating a large group. There was nothing like that out our, out our gate. Were there additional guards that were coming to 
Was there a guard at the gate? Zan and Alvin both look at Aerith. Because, <laughs> like, they didn't think to look or wait or ask for one. If it appears that you're done talking to my two, I say, good work. And then he, like, shoes them away. Okay. Did you hear Paul's question, though? Steve? The question of... Did you uh, wait for a guard? <laughs> Were there any guards there when you left? Oh, I was waiting for you to answer that. I don't... Yeah. I mean, Zan and El, like... The, oh, you're waiting for TJ to answer that? Yes. Yes. Okay. Like, okay. Was there a guard when we left? Because... No. I asked, is there uh, anything else? And so, yeah, no. <laughs> <laughs> okay. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, like, El, Elvin and... I didn't, I didn't say anything because that's... I. My response was Alvin and Zan like looked at you like we're not answering that question because the answer is no. But <laughs> um, yeah, well, I, I would be proud of it. No, <laughs> you didn't need to. There sure weren't. <laughs> <laughs> if if no if no skeletons came in that way, why would the guard be absent? Uh, fate speaks up. That is concerning news. Who was at that gate? Like, which guard? I'm, I'd, I would have to talk to the city watch to find out who had that uh, position last night. He, uh, Aerith looks to Zan and Alvin's like, go find out. Go. <laughs> <laughs> they, they, they trot away. Good lads. Mm-hmm. Those two. Sansa lady. <laughs> I stand by Good what I said. Lads, those two. <laughs> nope. I actually, uh, I actually think that that's probably a pretty good place to stop. Is uh, okay. we don't know what's why that guard is absent, and Zan and Alvin are going to see if they can find out who it was. Hooray. Good job, team. <laughs> All right. Uh, Thank you for joining us for the first session of the new season of Entropy Rising. Oh man, I had I had like a subtitled uh, name for the for the uh, season. I can't remember what it was. I'll have to <laughs> figure out where I wrote that down. <laughs> Third napkin from the top. <laughs> Shut up! You're not in charge of that. <laughs> You're not in charge of organizing my napkins. I keep my napkins with my own special organization system. <laughs> Dirtiest to cleanest. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Ew. Uh, but yeah, seriously, thanks for listening to us. Assuming that anyone ever gets to listen to this again, you can tweet at us at LTM Gaming or that's probably about it, honestly. Like, we don't do anything else. <laughs> I'm, I'm playing with you straight. Reviews. I'm not Paul. I'm not reviews. telling you lies. I'm telling you the truth. TJ, <laughs> straight shooter. I did see TJ tweeted the other day. Yesterday? Yeah. Yeah. Last well night. Done, said 20, 24 hours until game time. Mm-hmm. And I, t- the and I told him from, from the official year. LTM site? Yeah. Or uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. name? From, from the Twitter account. Yeah. And I, I said, hey, and if you guys like tweet at this account a lot, maybe we can get Paul to start updating the podcast again. Yay. 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 
Oh, if you if you haven't already, you've depressed the stop button. <laughs> 